0: Welcome to the Samson Strength Coach Collective Podcast. We've created this collective in order to grow a network of strength coaches who are consistently raising the standard within our industry and as an educational resource for coaches of all levels. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Samson underscore EQ. This episode features Flo, Fort Bragg
1: Special Forces Advanced Skills Instructor, hosted by Justin Schwinn. Uh, Welcome in. Uh, Flo, today, um, he is a good friend of mine. He uh, is uh, uh, currently a uh, in the United States uh, military. Uh, I want to first off thank you for your service, Flo. Um, uh, second off, I want to thank you for giving us an hour of your day. Um, really, today we want to hear the insight from the uh, actual practitioner, the person that does it. Um, I think it's important to see everybody's perspective. Uh, who do we have on today? We have a Coach uh, Joseph Boyd, he is a uh, tactical strength coach uh, with USASOC, uh, KBR uh, contractor. Uh, we have Darius DeCree, who is a uh, head strength coach for 58 South, KBR contractor, and Justin Schwend, human performance advisor with the uh, 58 South, also a KBR contractor. Uh, other than that, um, Flo, if you can give us uh, you in two and a half minutes.
0: All right, cool, I'm I'm gonna try. I'm rather old, so it might take five minutes. No, just kidding. So anyway, uh, as Justin already uh, mentioned, I was born and raised in Germany. Um, I was drafted into the military back in 96. So that's how I initially got in contact with with the military environment. Otherwise, I probably never would have enlisted. Either way, fast forward um, 10 years later, Now I'm in Belgium, met my wife, American citizen, married her, came to the States. She worked in the special operations environment. And uh, the guys that I met through her after them engaging with me, and and, um, they kind of sparked interest in me to pursue the career that I'm currently in. And if somebody tells me, hey, step one is this, two this, three that, I'm like, yeah, that sounds too easy. And uh, here I am. 10 days later, 10 years later actually. But, uh, so that's my, my super quick wrap up in this, this part of what I do as a job. Appreciate it.
1: Um, uh, okay. We're going to open up the questions, shooting at you, um, flow and, and please feel free again to answer them. Like this is you. So if you can go down that rabbit hole, go down that rabbit hole. If, if you want to just lightly brush it, lightly brush it, do as much as you can. Um, I'll open up to coach Boyd first. Um, since he kind of helped me put these questions together for you and let him, get it off first. Okay. Hey Flo, appreciate you, uh,
2: being here with us today, man. Really, uh, thank you for the opportunity to pick your brain today. And, and as always, thank you for your service. But, um, um, first question I wanted to ask you was just, uh, you know, kind of what we, what we had started talking about initially, you know, what, what was your motivation to become an operator, um, initially, Um, and then can you describe kind of the, what's the, what's the mentality that goes along uh, with, with that position, with, with, with doing what you do?
0: So, uh, one of the biggest motivators was wanting to work in a professional environment within the military that still enables me to think on my own two feet, that's, that's not to uh, indoctrinate it, if you want to call it that, Uh, and then after talking to a bunch of operators i i liked what i heard i like what they reflected and and uh what they epitomized in the end and i thought that that would be a, a challenge that would be fit for me so i took that up um i also always want to work with the most intelligent the smartest the brightest the strongest and then obviously having better equipment than the regular army and getting equipment issued sooner and faster uh those were all driving factors Um, As far as Green Beret mentality goes, I think one of the things all of us have in common is we're very A-type in our personalities, and we're very uh, competitive, which on other aspects obviously plays into every workout turns into a competition um, in the end. Other than that, even if operators aren't A-type or – extroverts, if they're introverts, there's always a time and place where that's actually very helpful, but all of them are able to act, though, as if they were an extrovert and they can fit in at an embassy party, even though they absolutely do not want to talk to high-level personnel. Um, does that answer the question for the most part?
1: Uh, yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So no, real quick, you know, I never really I never asked you this question. And I think it's a it's a very crucial one. I want to ask you is what motivates you right now, currently, in your current job, in your current state of your career, and how has that changed from when you started?
0: Um so as weird as it sounds, but the the human bias and the physical decay of your body, right? <laughs> So right now I have the, the old man strength mentality, right? Where I got to choose my battles. Do I want to beat a 25 year old on a 12 mile ruck? Cause I know it takes me three days to recover when he's good to go after four hours. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, no, I will beat that guy because I'm going to be able to say, Hey, I'm 20 years older than you, but I still beat you. So that's, that's one of my motivations on the, on the physical side, on the, on the other end, really, um, what motivates me is seeing that wisdom that comes as you progress in your career and in your life, that that really makes a huge impact and a, and a big difference um, in the outcome of whatever task you're working on. And that's, that for me is huge uh, job gratification, I guess. That, that, that makes me uh, super content and makes me feel like I, I do serve a purpose And then when I do have students, no matter if it's a tactical environment or a classroom, whatever, uh, and I see them on day one, and then I I look back after six weeks and see uh, how they have changed, Um, that also shows me that what we're doing and the impact that I have actually does make a difference.
1: Uh, We also have Coach Wood on. He just jumped on. He is a tactical strength coach with TSOC,
0: Um,
1: so uh, I'll let him dive in, um, and ask a question that, uh, yeah. How about a coach? Sorry about that. How
3: are you doing, sir?
0: Doing great. How are you? Nice to meet you.
3: Nice to meet you. Likewise. Um, so my, my question, um, that, you know, I, I like the points that you just touched on there. That's it's so true. Um, in, in this population and, uh, it's a, it's a fun competitive nature watching that happen too. So, um, but uh, some of the things uh, I you know I want you to touch on here is just um, I, I missed the beginning part. I, I apologize for that for your background but um, what what are some um, well, let me see here my apologies here um, what what are some uh pieces of strength conditioning that that you have started to implement into your day to day and um, in terms of whether it's technology or, or just keeping it uh, very simple, simplified for, for yourself and for those around you. Uh, if you could elaborate on that of, you know, what things that you've found success with and staying current and, and, and all that.
0: So um, that's actually a good question. Um, I'm going to say, pardon my French, but I'm, I'm a gear queer right? That's what we call it. So I have from lacrosse balls to foam rollers. I just got a show right the other day. Thanks, Justin, for making me spend that money. Um, So resistance bands, um, everything, because when I first started working out, lifting weights, the traditional way, what I would call it, I did that all the way up until five years ago. And then um, I had a supervisor, who the only good thing he had going for himself is he made it mandatory for the whole team to go to Thor three in the mornings together. Um, so he didn't like it after doing it for six weeks because he was the weakest. But whatever. Um, anyway, so that's how I got in, in first in touch with Thor three because, like Justin said, a lot of people don't know about it, don't want to utilize it, and I was thought about, nah, that's that's not for me. But after uh, seeing how holistic the approach is and how structured and the huge leaps and bounds of improvements that I made on a, on a physical side that just made me really dive into it and structure my workouts a whole lot different, be it from, hey, why do I roll out on the foam roller before workout? Okay, makes sense. Why is it shorter be a pre-workout compared to post-workout? Why do you do dynamic work, uh, uh, warm-up and stretching versus a static one? And so those are all things that I learned um, and found a personal interest in. So I, I changed the structure of my workouts. So that, that's one of the big ticket items. And, yeah, all those little small gidget, uh, gadgets that can cost you a, a good bit of money are helpful. So I love incorporating it.
3: Awesome. Thank, thank you. Coach Boyd? yeah um
2: so I guess really for me the next uh the next question would be um in order to to train operators effectively um what are, what would you say probably are the top three things um that a, that a tactical strength and conditioning coach must understand as far as as it pertains to the operators? so just give you an example um, most of the guys on on the call. Right now, came out of uh, the college strength and conditioning uh, sector. So we were all college athletic strength and conditioning coaches. So we're stepping into a into a uh, side of this that we've never been in before. It's a very it's a it's a new theater that we're in. Um, you know, is that, what are the things that coming from where we've come from, stepping into where we're at what are the things that we need to understand to be able to train you guys effectively and to be able to capture uh, the attention and the minds of the operator to get them to buy in like you have?
0: So, um, and that's a really good question because I know the operator mentality, but I don't know how college kids work. Right. So, but for operators, I would think they uh, always appreciate an approach that gives them several approach angles to whatever workout you're trying to create for them. So if I imagine you got a college kid or a high school kid and you want him to be a better running back, you're like, here's your program and you will execute and you will improve because if not, you're off the team. Right. And <laughs> so for guys like me, you, if we're talking about speed and he's like, Hey, one day you do a hit workout. One day you do a medium paced longer run. And one day you do a recovery run. But if that doesn't work for you, here's what you can also try. I think that, that's one thing that, that guys in my work environment um, greatly appreciate, to have alternatives and to have them have some say-so in their workout, you know, give them that feeling of, yeah, your opinion totally matters because I really want you to get better at whatever part of your workout you're at.
2: No, I think that's I think that's a great answer, um, and I think it's spot on, especially after after being in in this side of it for a year myself. Um, that's really kind of what I've seen. So no, I think that, that that confirms a lot of thoughts that I've that I've been having. Kind of kind of building off, of, you know, on top of that, you know, obviously Thor three um, or human performance and wellness, uh, whatever whatever it's going to be called now. Um, Obviously that's a voluntary program. And I know you touched on it a a little while ago. Um, You know, you had, you had somebody bring you into Thor 3. And before that you weren't really interested um, Mm -hmm. in it very much. What do you think are some, some, things that we can do as strength and conditioning professionals on this side to pique the interest of the operator to get them in the door because we really we really believe in what we do we really feel like the services that we provide um will help you guys in the long run and so um just just some things that you've seen from the outside on your perspective or from your perspective um that maybe we can do a strength and conditioning coaches to help Promote it a little bit more and make it make it so people want to come and take part of it.
0: Yeah. So I think it's that be a multifaceted approach, right? Um, because really and truly, you you got the guys that go to Thor, and you have the guys that don't go to Thor. The guys that don't go to Thor, they do the big three lifts, maybe, but for the rest, they just play around with dumbbells and barbells, and maybe like a a cable machine um so if you either have that equipment also available if you have the space that is right so that guys can kind of like come in and and play with their dumbbells and do curls and then they look over like wow that stuff is more complex than what i thought because my my initial thought of before knowing anything about thor 3 i'm like yeah that's crossfit that's dumb i don't like it Um, When I went through the Q course myself, I was lucky. Um, I had a classmate whose brother was a strength conditioning coach at Duke, and during his summer break, he came down to Bragg, and again, we were forced to go uh, two days a week. Um, But that subsided after the Q course, obviously. But yeah, I think just if you manage to get the guys in touch with um, the Thor program, because they either – they either come in and say, yep, it's all in, or they say, well, I go to Thor 3 because I see a physical therapist to get dry needled. You know? So um, just if, if you would be able to get the equipment to have guys just at least witness it, because once a guy, especially an operator, um, will observe his peers do something, doesn't matter if he's doing bicep curls, he's like, okay, so he did a deadlift. I bet I can lift heavier than him. You know, Or if they figure out, um, the quality of, of coaches that are available to us, you know, cause I mean, I'm pretty certain if I would ask Justin, Hey, give me a arm farm Friday. I want to have bigger guns. Um, he'd be the last person to tell me to go booger off. He'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll write you a program to get you big arms, you know? So. Right. No, thanks. Uh, I don't
3: know if uh, Justin or. Uh, hey, Ryan. sir. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got a question. So, um, I know this is um, kind of some of the issues that I've seen across the board and um, with the military setting um, in terms of, you know, you get a guy that PCS is to you coming from, you know, this institution that they, they were doing this type of training methodology and, and um, you know, this strength coach was implementing this for them or they were doing their own thing uh, and then they come to you And I know, I'm not sure if you utilize Smartabase or anything like that, but, you know, have you seen where um, trying to track a profile of a guy, you know, their history, their training history, their injury history, things like that, on top of trying to put a program together for them once you get them, um, what what are some issues that you've come across and how have you been able to, um, you know, win that guy over um, to build out a program and get them up and running um, to to your standards?
0: Yeah, so um, after a year or two of, of uh, doing Thor 3, our strength coach introduced us to Train Heroic. Uh, I'm old school. I like having a piece of paper in my hand, right, to f- whatever the workout's called, the wave. And I'm like, yeah, cool, and I can mark it down on paper. So at first I was kind of iffy about Train Heroic. Um, and when I came over here, I'm like, I asked one of the strength coaches, Hey, can you help me out? My detachment doesn't have access to a lot of stuff. We're located here and there. And he's like, yeah, here's a train heroic login. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. Cause when I logged in again, now I can switch back and forth between what I originally got in that. So I think that helps with tracking. Um, also if a guy does PCS, he can go to the strength coach and be like, Hey, I don't want to call out my old coach, but this is what we did at location X. Um, I want to change up my workout. Can you make some suggestions based off what already worked right here? And you can see the lift numbers. Obviously, that doesn't pertain to, to injuries and stuff. Um, and sometimes different jobs, just like on a football team, right? Depending on what position you play, you might want to have a little bit different workout. Um, so I don't know how to implement it on on the – on the injury prevention or injury side on on how to track that. But that's obviously a good way to track the workouts. The biggest thing that I experienced, and Justin, um, feel free to tell me what you've seen out there, uh, speaking to my strength coach in Germany, when I asked him about personalized workouts, he was not all for it because he had seen it too many times where he had spent hours on creating personalized workouts for operators. And then when he would see him at the gym, And they they wouldn't do what he gave them. He's like, well, now they're just blowing me off. Thanks for nothing, you know. So I think that's – if you want to do it for a guy or a group of guys, obviously do it because they'll appreciate it. But also I would suggest trying to figure out is that person just trying to, like, pump my tires to ask me about a personalized workout or are they actually going to follow through? So –
1: Thanks, Flo. Appreciate it, big guy. All right, so real quick, I, I, I have this question because I think this is important. You've asked, what do we need to know as coaches? But obviously, you're bought in, right? Yeah, and 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 we're going to have soldiers in our career in this tactical community that are going to be bought in like you are. So what, what do you recommend that we ask of them to have others come by? Because you obviously – You're a big promoter. You tell guys, hey, this is where you need to be, da-da-da, and you've brought guys in. Um, So what are some key elements that you've done that you think we need to tell other guys that are the the guys that are the salesmen? Really, let's be honest, because you're doing the things. And in in some ways, that means more to another operator, another soldier than us trying to tell us. Because all we are are this guy, right? Well, you are actually – you're the brother next to him. So I think – I want to hear from you, what are some things that you think we should share if a guy is bought in that we want them to get others to buy in?
0: And that's the hard thing, because exactly like you said, when I bring dudes in, they're either new to our current location, and they don't know where you're at, or uh, one of my neighbors, he's going through the course right now, and he's super junior, so he's just very timid. Like, for example, I told him, Hey man, you got a back issue from sitting in the classroom all day. Hey, let's go down there. They can freaking mob you. They can uh, roll you out. They can do this, that and the other. So I brought him down to the basement and he was wearing a baseball hat. Nobody was wearing a hat because kids wear hats. Right. Kind of deal for us at the gym. And he asked me like, dude, like, can I wear my baseball hat? I'm like, yeah, why would you? Well, nobody's wearing a hat. Right. So it's that, that shyness, the contact shyness, um, yeah, if if I tell somebody, do this, do that, I have that quote-unquote credibility. And if guys don't know you, it's, that's unwitting, right? Um, I think the biggest thing for you here, where you are currently, your location sucks. Like, in, in that dang basement with no windows, that's kind of hard to promote. Um, so, because other than that, I've never met a strength coach, as weird as it sounds, that I didn't like by the way... He would treat his whatever, let's call it students, right? Because the, the number one thing is be approachable. That's that's the biggest thing. Um obviously all of you are probably pretty good deadlifters and cleaners and whatnot, right? So that would already give you credibility when you do show a guy how to how to execute a, a good lift. Um, I don't know if you know Tony uh from Carson, really big, big, strong older dude. That dude looks like a beer keg. So when I first saw him, I'm like, you want to teach me about lifting? And then after about ten minutes of talking to him, I'm like, I know nothing. So, uh, <laughs> but but right now, I guess I'll just say, hey, keep keep up doing what you're doing on that side, and and that's just where your hands are kind of tied. You kind of have to rely on guys bringing guys to you. Well, thanks, Flo.
1: Next question I want to ask you kind of, and you kind of talked about it on the prep work and the, in the cool down work, but what are some essential movements that you have done in your program um, that you think have really helped you when you've gone into the field in um, meaning, a AKA uh, squatting, if there's an Olympic lift or jump, whatever it is. Um, what, what are some key elements you think are, are big take homes for you that are, are essential meat and potatoes of your program um, that have helped
0: you help you become and stay successful over the years i'm, I'm gonna make all of you laugh right now right uh <laughs> hey at least i'm reading something right um so uh, yeah point being is i had a after doing thor for a while i started having SI joint issues and i hadn't done deadlifts hang cleans no movement like that in four years. Cause I was told, Hey, if it hurts, don't do it. Hey, we'll try dry kneeling. Oh, it didn't work. Oh, you get a shot in your back. Well, it didn't hurt either. Um, and then I come to, uh, Justin and his uh, little cohort down there in the basement and they're like, no dude, deadlifts fix everything. And, uh, working on your glutes. Right. And so I, I think, yeah, working your glutes, your lower back, your core in general—that prepared me for my environment the most because it helps with everything. Literally, like I have less issues to no issues when I rock with heavy weights now, um, and I feel like I have uh, more strength and and more speed when I do bleacher runs, etc. So, the I I feel the the full spectrum is covered by the advice that I was given from on a workout side. Thanks for that.
1: Coach Wood, you got a question? Sir, I uh, just want
3: to, um, if you could elaborate maybe on, so we've all devised programs for guys going down range and whatnot. What is some of the programs that, you know, it's hit or miss with guys that, because they, they always want to hit the, you know, the the thousand plus pound club or whatever when they're going and they want to stay busy. So it's like two days, give me more and more and more. What are some of the programs um, that you've seen that, you thought actually was beneficial and not just, you know, the arm farm club and, and things yeah. like that going downrange. What if you could elaborate on that?
0: So, with the arm farm club, we used to do it literally on Fridays. So, Fridays were American arm farm Fridays. Um, but again, it was structured towards the end of the workout, which was good because now you feel like a extra small. If you try to curl 25 pounds, you can't even do that because you just did all kinds of other things prior. Um, I'm a big fan of um, splitting my lifting versus cardio. So if I do two a days, I I prefer to lift in the morning and do cardio in the afternoon. Um, So I think that's, that's one thing that works rather well, especially on deployments. Um, And then the, the current COVID environment will probably make your job a whole lot easier in the future um, because now guys are, struggling to find a good workout environment. And if they are working out, they're willing to make a lot more compromises. So I think that's where you have a better approach angle uh, because now you can tell them how to uh, improvise, which Justin and Willie are doing by, they've they've come out with a train heroic workout that you can execute at home, just using your doorframe and chairs and tables and stuff that, that everybody has at home without having to spend money. So um yeah so make it make it diverse and make it challenging to the point that maybe after workout number 1 for the day they don't really want to do a second or third workout if they do it right.
3: Yeah thank
2: you.
4: Um
2: I guess my next question would be uh you know you've touched a little bit on uh, uh a little bit on kind of recovery tactics and stuff like that. Um, and uh, one of the things that I've seen, just one of my observations is, is, and you, you said this as well, you know, guys want to do more and more and more, right? Well, um, as we all know, um, as age progresses and everything like that, recovery becomes vitally, vitally important um, to being able to go out and perform every day. And one thing that I try to relate to my people where I'm at is, uh, you know, Every day is not a, not a test day. Every day is not a competition day. We want to we constantly train for tomorrow, right? We want to be better tomorrow and be able to perform tomorrow. So what are some, what are some things that uh, – or some ways maybe we can promote the recovery side of training to, uh, maybe, maybe younger soldiers. Um, mm. because that's one of the things that it, it, it's not necessarily the older, the old guard that you have trouble getting into buy into recovery techniques because they've been around the block and they, their bodies are hurting and, and everything mm. like that. It's more the younger side. So what would you, do you have any advice on how we can relate those recovery techniques to a younger population earlier? So they maybe don't have as many problems down the road.
0: so. Um, Yeah. And I was lucky. I I had a team sergeant at one point who had so many deployments to Afghanistan. He walked like RoboCop. And when he would talk about like, yeah, I did this like 10 years ago. And now I'm like this broke guy. I'm I'm like, yeah, I don't want to end like that. Um, So in the end, I would try to find something relatable. And what I do with my students, I break stuff down Barney style. And sometimes I, I come up with examples that make them giggle or laugh or well that sounded kind of inappropriate but guess what now it clicked right they they won't forget that piece of advice um so that's that's something that depends on on uh whoever you're talking to what their mentality is right but make it make it relatable make it make it click um to that aspect to to not uh, neglect that
1: Coach, uh, we also have uh, Coach Kelly Johnson. She's a human forms advisor uh, with Fsock, um, and uh, she's got a question for you. Hi, <sighs>
4: how, how you doing, Coach? Sorry, I don't have my video on. I'm actually outside. Um,
0: You're outside. You're Coach, in Germany. You Germany? <laughs> you <laughs> I'm, in, be I'm outside. in New Mexico. It's beautiful. Oh, oh no, Fsock. Oh, well, I just outside. I just, I just completely mixed up Fsock with sock F. Never mind. You're no, good. <laughs> you're fine.
4: <laughs> so I have a question for you um, about your, your TDY and deployments, what your nutrition looks like. I know that MREs are about 4,000 calories a box. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do have to have the, or, uh, utilize those. So what does it look like for um, deployments? Is there a, get a, lot of nutritious foods uh, in your diet?
0: So, and, um, that's, I think again, that's operator driven. I absolutely despise MREs. Like even when I'm in the field, I, will, I would rather drop five pounds in four days in the field than eat an MRE. Like a lot has to happen until I eat that thing. Probably not the right answer, right? Cause I need nutrition too. But um, so when I was in Afghanistan, um, I tried to eat three to four times a day, which on a combat deployment, depending on the, on the size of installation you're at, there's even midnight chow. So I, I would, on a day that there's no missions, I would wake up, have breakfast, digest, lift, sleep, lift, eat, sleep, do cardio, eat, sleep, and then get up at like 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night to go and have a pressed sandwich. So, um, and at the defect, I was like a buffet. So you, you just pick and choose how healthy you want to eat or not. Um, on other trips, for example, Eastern Europe, yeah, one of my roommates he would eat Greek yogurt three times a day for five months, whatever um, I, but uh, at least in Eastern Europe, you can diversify so you can you can get all the healthy nutrition you want, so it, it really depends on on uh, what type of rotation you're on, but even downrange you can you can eat healthy. I know a lot of guys. Um, I guess they're called mountain meals or something. So they, they even buy their own MREs. Um, if they go on certain trips and TDYs, because MREs are just disgusting.
4: Yeah, that's some of the feedback that we've gotten and we've got a dietitian at our base. And that's one thing that we're really trying to figure out is, you know, how we can better, um, supply them with more information on what, how to change things up. Like you said, Greek yogurt three times a day for five months. That's, that's a little excessive on the yogurt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so how do you get good proteins? You know, how do you not drop all that, that weight that you work so hard to put on, especially you know, that muscle mass. So that's that's a that's a that's a good answer, uh, and I can definitely pass that on to our, our dietitian. Thank you.
1: All right. Uh, real quick, Flo, uh question for you. So you know, we've talked before and you kinda have you said you can go another 10 years or you got you got time you still got a lot of time left in the, in the military and um in that understanding is kind of what's your in game um do you want to retire as operator so what are some other elements that maybe we've missed today that you think physically if not mentally is going to get you there
0: um i think i've been really lucky so i don't know if i'm even the the right reflection to generalize on on my type of uh i hate pipe hitters but saying like pipe hitters right because i i don't know if i know you know him i don't know if the rest of you uh, know adam Kuhl. so um he was the first strength and conditioning coach who i had interaction with in germany We got along really well now i came here and i have you justin and be it aaron and willie so i've always worked with people that made me want to not only get stronger, faster, better, but also maintain. And then with you, when we went to see uh big guy in South Carolina, right? Donnie. Hey, that was so much for my hip pocket that I could reach back into because obviously he's up there in age too by now. And um, yeah. So for me, it's, you guys, you as strength and conditioning coaches, sparking the interest of knowing more about self-improvement on that side of the house, I think that is huge. If you can if you can get an in with whoever you're training and make him want to suck stuff out of your body like a damn sponge, um, that that's a huge thing. Versus coming across, let's say condescending, like, yeah, I know everything about lifting, you know nothing, here's your program. That's how you how you shut a dude down.
4: Coach
3: Wood, Coach Boyd. Sir, what are some – obviously you kind of just mentioned a little bit, but what are some things that you've – like resources, people, that you've tried to utilize to incorporate – Uh, along with, you know, using the resources you have currently with a, you know, a strength coach or a dietitian or, you know, whoever it is, what, what, what avenues do you um, try to reach out to, to improve your knowledge and helping your body, you know, improve and, and increase strength and stay healthy?
0: So, um, obviously a lot of times because of my personal interest in it, when I would get treated, be it by, by a physical therapist or whatever, I would, asked tons of questions about the hows and the whys. Like right now, um my left distal bicep tendon's giving me issues. I'm scraping my own arm with a butter knife and olive oil in the mornings, you know? So it's just kinda like uh digging in on on what your interest is. Then I'm I was lucky enough the book that I showed earlier, my wife ordered that and, and I'm like, oh yeah, let me see that. She hasn't even opened it. I'm halfway through. So I reflecting back and um if you spark interest in a guy and if you get them to understand how important your health is um as a holistic thing right with nutrition rest and all that stuff without making it sound too dry um i think that's that's how you get people to do their own research, get their own books. And um, so, yeah, for me, the, the number one thing for any strength conditioning coaches or anybody working in, in that door three realm, um, be approachable. And again, fake it. If you're really and truly not a, not a people person dude, make the, make the guy think he's your best friend and you're only thinking about his best interest, even if obviously with some people you couldn't care less, but um, yeah. Yeah get get that that human interaction that personal in and that that will get a person to go the extra mile to invest in themselves.
3: Perfect. Thank you. Good point. Uh I, I I
2: ran down all my questions. I I think I'm I think I'm good. So you
1: got anything else? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh so flow, you know, kind of what was the biggest aha moment for you from a, from a performance standpoint in your career? Like, at what point did you hit and be like, this is what I need? And, and like, at, at what point, what I mean by that is, um, obviously, you're, you were in the German Army and then you came into the United States, or German military, the United States military. Um, at what point in your career was, did you hit that aha moment and why? And what happened? If you can to show that experience?
0: "ha. Huh. Like on a, on a work on just on the, on the physical strength conditioning side of the house. Mm-hmm. Like, like when did you hit that aha moment? Like, I,
1: I really need to really re- need to take a, a buy-in component of, of this, this means something for me. This is really going to help me. Um, if you can share that experience of when that happened, um, and, and, and kind of details of that.
0: So I think that came in different levels. Um, a lot of the things was even though I was an older guy in basic training, I found it weird that at the time I was 35, 36. I blew all those 17 to 25-year-old kids out of the water on every event. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, weak genes. I guess those European genes, and I me mean, are good. <laughs> then I get here to Fort Bragg, and all of a sudden I'm surrounded by all the studs of all the the programs that are now thrown together. So I was still... Maybe top twenty percent, but the competition was just a lot bigger and a lot fiercer, and that's when I I realized like yo I need to step up my game. Um, and then the next step forward from that was obviously if you're if you're trucking up and down the mountains in Afghanistan and you think you're strong because you're lifting three times a day and and uh, all the girls turn their heads because you got a beard, you know, um, but you can't make it up a mountain with a plate carrier and a heavy ruck and the potential of getting killed. Um, that, that's when I said, okay, now I got to be more functional in my workouts. So that, that, I think that was the biggest aha moment, like, Hey, just bench pressing and, and curls and tricep extensions and whatnot, that that's not cutting the cake. That, that was probably during operations. So I said, it has to be functional fitness.
1: And I think second part to that question, if you were going to design, um, a test or a couple tests or a couple exercises that we're going to mimic what you do in the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, what what would that be? If it's one, two, three, whatever that is, if it's something that's done currently that you really like, you can share that piece too.
0: Okay. Well, I did come out with a PT or the physical fitness event for our battalion um, that we wanted to do as a competition. Um, well, COVID kind of said, yeah, go beat feet. Um, but maybe it'll be implemented before I leave here. And I kind of like that approach, um, which was a mix of cardio and strength. So it was like rowing, running, rucking, and then the sled pull and drag. Um, so those are the things I think if it's, it's, Really hard because everybody has different personalities, right? So, but on my side of the house, I I like a workout that's hard, challenging, fast, and doesn't take too long. Which that is different for everybody else, right? Some sure. do fall off the assault bike after two minutes, and others say for fifteen minutes, give me more, you know. So, yeah, I
1: mean, it depends really on your MOS too, what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, but I, I was just thinking—is any like any certain piece? That you like, we talked to Rusty Witt uh, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and he was former 10th group guy. and He was like, one thing I really liked, um, and he was an echo. And one thing I, he's like, one thing I really liked was, would like is if we had some sort of body drag or, or weighted drag piece uh, yeah. for for a stop and go component, you know, if it's 50 yards in capacity, but it's repeated or repetitive.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I totally agree with that. I that that would be something good because going back to the, hey, my aha moment during combat operations, right? If you think about it, um, what kind of loads does your body work under when you have stuff in your pockets and a 30 pound plate carrier and a weapon system and maybe something on your back or not, but now you have, you need to carry mortar rounds, right? A big case that's heavy or or an injured uh, personnel. So, and that's why I totally agree with with his approach um, for getting there, I like doing sprints and I like doing rucks. So I, I changed my rocking from not going 10 miles. Now I do six miles, but I rock with 90 pounds. So.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for that answer. So we're, we're getting to the, the top of the hour. And I want to honor your time. So I said really the last 10 minutes, it's kind of the, the knowledge nugget section. Um, Anything that you feel um, that you really wanted to share today in this platform, uh, wanted to want to give this time to you, or if there's any questions you want to ask us and let us dive into it, uh, please do. But this, this time is yours.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I think all the questions uh, that I got today were very well structured and everything. So my slate's pretty much clean and white. Other than that, wherever you guys go as strength coaches, like I said, I haven't had a, a bad experience yet. So I, I'll just say, keep up doing what you're doing, how you're doing. Um, if I was able to give you some new pointers or new points of view today, and you, you had a little bit of a takeaway uh, from today that, that would make me feel uh, good. And um, that would show me that uh, you didn't waste your time either. Right. Cause yeah, I've, an hour is an hour. It doesn't matter if it's for me or for you. So that's one of those things. And I don't know how much of an impact you have on your training environment, work environment, whatever you want to call it. But I, besides that, that basement uh, with no windows, which you can't change, but I haven't really seen a Thor facility that I didn't like by the type of equipment that was in there. Right. When you see, you get new stuff, like when you, when you got your new, uh, new and improved what are they the hoku bars the trap bars um i get excited about stuff like that like i said i'm i'm a gear queer I'm i'm a huge fan of that stuff so if you keep showing your guys that that not only do you have their 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 health at interest but also the best training environment i think they that's when they double double dip and not only tell them hey the strength coach is really cool but check out the kind of bar that they have i've never seen that you know so if wh- wherever you have an impact on improving your your uh, your foxhole, I think that that's a big ticket item.
1: No, I, I totally agree, and especially the cultural standpoint is mm-hmm. you know, bells and whistles and whimsical things do matter. You know, people yeah. it's there's a reason why the college model has been so, so successful at recruiting guys. And it's yeah. almost like to in our in our setting, there has to be a recruiting component to it. You're right. You're hundred percent right. And the the more Whimsical you can get with purpose. Like you can't just get whimsical to be whimsical, but with purpose, like you're talking about the kabuki uh, uh, trap bar, there's a hell of a purpose. And you fill that thing and you train with that bar, it's yeah. so much smoother, it's so much more efficient than any other hex bar out there or trap bar out there. I agree. Like it's the better it's the better better mousetrap. So if you can bring in the better mousetrap, do it. Um,
0: yeah. and then obviously um, the the Esprita core. Um, pride in your regiment type uh, piece when I walked into the 110 Thor gym and I saw the setup and everything was laser engraved and the the bumper plate said 110 special forces uh, Thor 3 and had a Thor's head on it yeah that made me lift even heavier and that made me want to go back there even more so or like I don't know if you saw the the rollers that Donnie had posted the other days with the with the Panthers logo on there. So if you do have the, the capability and the influence on saying like, Oh, Hey, cool. Can we order these? Yes. Hey, can we get those personalized? That's just that little cherry on top, but they'll make dudes. Yeah. I SF guys are, are 90% the same. So everybody loves wearing a team t-shirt and, and likes personalized stuff. So I think that's, that's additional motivating.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Thanks. Thanks for that insight. Other than that, Flow, uh, you know, again, want to thank you for your time. Want to honor that time, that hour time frame that we we stuck within, and, and I know everybody here will t- will definitely say thank you. Um, it, it's always great to call you a friend, call you a, a colleague, and uh, also to say thank you for your service because um, I get to walk and make decisions every day with freedom because of you. So thank you again, oh. sir.
0: Thank you. I feel uh, truly humbled by uh, by your kind words, um, and and for me on on, on my side, I when you asked me if I would be uh, willing and able to do this, I felt honored because you got like five hundred of me coming to you in a week, and uh, you asked me. So uh, thank you for for giving me that that trust and, and confidence in me to talk to the professionals uh, that do the same job that you do in order to keep us strong and running. So thanks. Thanks again, Flo. Appreciate it.
1: Good luck, man. Let me know. Thank you. you. Talk to you. Appreciate it.